need to go away. I'm going to fix this. All right, college hockey fans in the desert southwest, welcome to College Hockey Southwest Weekly, the live podcast on our trial for the first time ever. Uh, my co-host Paul Hornstein, live on Long Island, and Scott Strandy live here in Scottsdale, Arizona. We're rocking and rolling, Paul Hornstein. What do you think of the new technology? Uh, I'll, I'll let you know after I don't screw it up, is basically <laughs> what it comes down to. All right, folks, bear with us tonight as we get started on this, but this is normally going to be a Tuesday night, 7.30 Mountain Standard Time uh, broadcast for you covering College Hockey Southwest Weekly, where we talk college hockey, NCAA college hockey in the desert southwest, and uh, put a focus on the Arizona State University Sun Devils. So first of all, let's get things started. Paul Hornstein, how are you? I'm doing good. Uh just as curious as you are to see how this works out. Um, uh, like I said, hopefully I don't screw it up too much on my end. And uh, we'll go from there. Uh, I don't have to worry about shaving when we're doing it like this because we're not on video. So uh, uh, I don't have to worry about what I've dressed like either. So, you know, well, absolutely. Like <laughs> and here's the best part of the whole thing, Paul, is the fact that, that we are down the road able to add some guests in. So that's something that we'll definitely be looking at doing down the road. Uh, bringing some guests in will also have the opportunity for people to call in or post comments and all that good stuff to to let us know how we're doing. So anybody Look out there listening right now, this is Wednesday night. It will be Tuesday night, so let's go through the format. I also want to announce the fact that we do have a new uh, website design, so things are coming along on that as we uh, break it down. This will be one of three podcasts, Paul, where we're going to do College Hockey Southwest Weekly, where... You and I will do the the discussing. We'll also uh, did have you say the, discussing or disgusting? I don't know which <laughs> one you said. <laughs> discussing, Paul. Discussing. Oh, okay, I just wanted to make sure. <laughs> the other one will be pro hockey Southwest Weekly, and the third one will be club hockey Southwest Weekly. So, um, just trying the new technology, see how it works. I'm looking forward to it. I think it's a great way to. Uh, cut down the time, be a little more consistent, get things uh, delivered out to the public a little bit quicker than we've been able to do uh, with our former technology. So anybody that's listening right now, welcome in. If you're listening to us on the rebroadcast, it's available to you on uh, anywhere you get your podcasts, on Podbean or um, iTunes, anywhere you'd like. So Paul, let's jump into things. The uh, the Sun Devils in their last 10 games are 8-2-0. Your thoughts on that? Well, listen, this is what I know. They're winning the games they have to win or 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 have won uh, in this stretch of games that they've had to win. Um, this team has, uh, uh, you know, played a lot, a lot, a lot of close games, Scott. Um, I, you know, if someone listens to our uh, segment later this week, and I don't know how this is going to work uh, – with our podcast right now until we kind of get things figured out. 
but, you know, if you listen to all our features, you will hear the coach eventually say uh, it would be nice to step on somebody's throat uh, once in a while. Uh, I agree with him because uh, I'd like to have a game where I can relax and uh, we, they call them rocking chair games, and I am so down for one of those. That's for sure. <laughs> Trust me, folks. I know he is because I get his text message every every game night going, we can't have nice things. Nope, uh, nope. <laughs> all right, folks. So so let's go through this real quick. We had a, uh, a series with Robert Morris last weekend. Sun Devils came out on top Friday night 3-2, to two, Saturday night 5-4. to four. Um as Paul said, they, they had their opportunities. They, let me step back a minute. Three weeks ago when they played, um, four weeks ago now, when they played Brown and they came back to win a game when they were trailing and they needed three goals to do it and they won it in overtime on Sunday, January 12th. Um, I came back and I said, I'm going to start a new hashtag. I'm going to call it hashtag new gear. And the reason I call it new gear was I think... At that point, they finally found the gear. Now it's a matter of fact, when can they shift into it, right? So so they defeat uh, RIT the following Friday night, 6-1 to one, at, at home. They defeated RIT again, 5-3. to three. Then they go right. to Clarkson, right? And mm-hmm. uh, we were all a little skeptical. They lost in overtime the first game. They won the second game in overtime, 3-2. to two. After um, being down 2 nothing. In fact... Uh, then they come home and they play Robert Morris and, and Saturday we were all a little nervous, right? They they were up two nothing, then they were down three two, and then all of a sudden, boom, they went crazy, and uh, and scored four unanswered basically. So uh, in I shouldn't say four unanswered. There were some goals in there, but the, what I noticed was that that they found a new gear. They found a way to score the puck the way. They would don't normally say that. Please don't say that. <laughs> I had to, Please I had to don't do that. say that. That's like, what else are you going to score? You gonna I just want you to score a roll of tape? What? Please stop. stop. I just wanted to see if you were listening. Oh, my Lord, stop. And you were. Good job. All right. Uh, so they scored some goals, and they uh, they turned it on when they needed to. And I, I had a chance to visit this week on our Pitchfork profile, which you can find at the website, icetimehockeysw.com, um, with Brett Gruber. Senior Greg Gruber, who I've been trying to get uh, on the show um, for a long time, but we finally were able to connect. A lot of it's had to do with Brett being injured and different things like that, but the beauty of it was I asked him about that. I said, have you guys found a new gear, or was it always there and you're just exposing it now? He said that they, uh, they've they always had it. They were just starting to expose it now. So, And when you hear Coach on the... Uh, the uh, five-minute powers play, you also hear him say that, like you already mentioned, he's looking for them to step on somebody's throats and have a, a kind of a laugher, if you will. And he's really hoping, not taking anything away from Holy Cross and Bentley this weekend, but he's hoping that this is the weekend that they do that. Well, they're kind of in the same position with these two games this weekend that they were in last weekend against Robert Morris. They are the better team. Uh, I've been catching bits and pieces of both of those teams over the last few weeks. And ASU is definitely the better team. Um, uh, they, they, they look faster when they do kick into that new gear or 
extra gear or whatever you want to call it. Um, and they definitely have more scoring, certainly in the last month or so, than uh, Holy Cross and Bentley have. Uh, what those two schools have going for them this weekend is, number one, uh, they're playing at home. And number two, um, the overall, statistically, they're in about the same spots uh, for the most part. Um, and I don't know uh, how to take that, so to speak, but you have to give, at least at that point, uh, something to those schools. And this is kind of a new situation for ASU as well. You're going to play two teams in a weekend. Yeah, that is exactly. You know, you, you know, yes, they've, you know done, they've, they've done it in tournaments, obviously. But this is the first time they will have done it uh, in a regular season where they are playing a game against a team and then playing the next night against another team that they didn't get to watch the night before. So that is uh, a first for them in this situation. At least the off the top of my head. Maybe they... It's a, it's a first for them also in the fact that uh, equipment manager John Loftner is going to have to move stuff from one arena, one city to another, if you will, uh, get set up for Friday night, then pick it all up, put it in the truck, and move it over to, to another arena uh, on Saturday and, and do that. So it's going to be a bit of a challenge for everybody. But, like, I asked Coach about it. I said, you know, in the East, East Coast and the ECAC and all that, they're, they're familiar with that, right? They do that a lot. Right. They do. So they absolutely it's not, do. It's not different for them, and I'm sure that, that uh, John Loeffner and everybody has come up with the ideas on it. Coach uh, kind of sticks to his, his guns on this, where he says, we don't worry about that, we worry about ourselves, which I think is a really good way that, to go about this thing because uh, he, he's told me several times over again that none of the uh, wins in the past mean anything if they don't finish the job, in his words. Right. So uh, they've got six games ahead of them. Everybody in that locker room understands what's ahead of them. Coach understands what's ahead of them. Uh, and I think all of us as fans and, and media understand what's ahead of them. they pretty much got to run the table to secure a spot. And if they don't run the table and they lose one or two, they have to uh, cross their fingers and hope that uh, somebody gives them a little in somewhere along the way. Well, I, I started to see as, you know, as – Everyone has uh, some bracketology columns on the various college hockey websites. And I even saw one that said uh, four wins will get ASU in. I definitely do not agree with that. Um, but that is just my opinion. Obviously, the writer has his. Uh, I think they need at least five. Um, and they really can't slip up in any of these next four games if they want to have a realistic chance, um, maybe if you bench your imagination a little bit, because these next two games are road games, uh, you could see where they could lose one of these, but then they'd have to sweep at Wisconsin. And uh, Wisconsin is such an up and down team. They are such an enigma. And I know we're talking about three weeks down the line, but they have a ton of NHL draft picks on their team, a bunch of first-round NHL draft picks on their team, and you know, and they're playing at home. And there is no question 
that on any given night, just based on the talent alone, that Wisconsin can be a dangerous team. But that's for three weeks down the line. So I don't really want to get into Wisconsin too much. Uh, needless to say, ASU was a heavy favorite against RIT uh, and pulled out a couple of games. They were a heavy favorite against Robert Morris and pulled out a couple of games. Uh, they're going to be heavy favorites in both games this weekend and next week against Anchorage. And they really cannot afford to lose any of those games. And they know it. They say, I'm not make, I'm not saying stuff that, that the coach doesn't know, that the players don't know. Um, uh, other than the fact that it sure would be nice, uh, as the coach said, uh, to get a game where, you know, you're going into the third period up three or four goals and you put another one up on the board early in the third period and just take the will away from the other team that everybody assumes you are, and rightfully so, I think, that you are better than and have more talent then. So uh, those things would be really, really nice to have for a change uh, and not have to go into the third period uh, like they have for the last two or three weeks where they're like, okay, guys, we have to win this period to win the game. Yeah, uh, heard that many a time, haven't we? Uh, especially in the last – it just seems like the la- definitely the last four games – May even go beyond that. I, I'd have to take a quick look, um, but I, I believe it was definitely that way against Clarkson. It was definitely that way against Robert Morris, um, and you know the games against Brown um, in the third period. They were they were trailing in that game and they had to come back to win. So um, even the six one RIT game that they played was not exactly. Um, was the, it was not the route that it sounded like. Um, right. ASU uh, had about a, a three-and-a-half-minute span, a four-minute span, where everything they shot went in, and that's really what made the difference. Um, they scored five goals in that third period, which, honestly, as you look at it now, that's right, it was. It was 1-1 going into the third period. So even the game they won 6-1, to one, uh, was tied going into the third period. Uh, so, uh, and the, both RIT games, they, once again, third period. So we have played so many games in the last 10, or and I'm sorry, I shouldn't say we. ASU has played so many games in the last 10 that have gone down to the third period uh, that, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm ready for a rocking chair game. And I'm, and we already know the coaches, so. Yeah, absolutely. Well, as we uh, as we revisit a little bit of Robert Morris, a um, couple of things that, that I saw out there and a couple of things that I want to make note of is that the team played again last weekend without Demetrius Kumanzis and without Jacob Wilson, both of them out with injuries. Uh, coach told me uh, in the five-minute powers play that neither one of them would play this weekend as well, so they're going to be without them, and, and, and people, how big a thing is that? Well, it's a pretty big thing because Jacob is a pretty steady in defenseman. And Demetrius Kumanzis is your only uh, NHL draft pick on your roster. So for him not to have any real influence in the last, what, four weeks? 
that's uh, listen. That's saying like something. Said, that they're continuing to win without that. Well, they definitely. Here's here's where that hurts. Okay, um, because as we have talked about already, having NHL draft picks on your roster doesn't guarantee you anything. Right. Okay. Uh, like you said, Wisconsin has three or four first, forget NHL draft picks, three or four first round picks. Yeah. Okay. And they're right around 500. So um, this is a team that's going to be playing 13 straight weekends. That is a fact. Okay. And you already have lost players off your roster for various different things. And so now you add in two more guys that aren't going to be able to play. And that, to me, has been the crazy thing that they've had to overcome uh, is – the, the straight weeks and the, the the little room for maneuverability by the coach because he just doesn't have the players available to him. Uh, they have been getting a lot of scoring from the Bush-Gruber-Nearham line, which has helped out a lot. Okay? And when ASU gets scoring from other places besides Walker, Sanchez, and Sandu, uh, they have a tendency to win those games. So that's why ASU has won. Uh, let's see. Uh, they get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of their last eight games because they've gotten scoring from other places, and the one game they lost was overtime. So um, when you're doing that, uh, that definitely helps out the lack of depth that they have on the roster. Um, and, and, and credit to uh, those guys for, for hanging tough. And let's not forget, Don Garcia missed a few games in those last uh, yeah, eight games, too. Definitely did. Definitely did. Okay. Uh, Steen Pashnik missed a game. Okay. So they were really, really, really uh, stretching the roster thin. On those weeks, so okay. So they got rid of Robert Morris at home, which means they only have one more home series. It'll be the weekend after this weekend. So right. this weekend is Friday night. Arizona State number ten in the pairwise right now versus Holy Cross, and then Saturday night it's going to be Arizona State number ten, hopefully or better versus hopefully number forty-five better. Bentley. So um, you know, Coach and I have also talked a lot about this this year about just the parody in college hockey and the fact that you can't take anybody lightly. I don't care what that number is next to their name. Uh, you bring it up quite frequently when you talk about what Canisius did to North Dakota last year. Yeah. So yep. it really doesn't matter in the top, in the 60 teams in NCAA hockey, who you're facing. You have to come ready to play. I think Brett Gruber even brought that up to me. He said, you know, I asked him what the difference was between junior hockey and NCAA hockey. And he said, you can't take any off nights or have an off night in NCAA hockey or you'll get beat. Yeah, and, no, uh, listen, said, just... Even in junior ahead. hockey, they could they could have uh, a night off and still get a win or find a way to win is what his words were. But So, yeah, I mean, it's parody a lot in college hockey. But the other thing I want to touch on, Paul, 
before we get too far going here is that and we talk about the pairwise rankings and there's always three rankings and they put them out there two of them are poles one's a pairwise pairwise is the one that matters but it's very very volatile i mean asu was number eight on monday morning right on tuesday morning they woke up number 10 all because well, northeastern <laughs> got a win in the beat yeah. yeah well this is this is what you will see if you look at the pairwise, okay, um, and you can look it up wherever you, know, you decide you want to look it up, but uh, the spots where ASU is and have been, uh, basically eight through thirteen, the margin for those numbers is razor thin, oh, razor absolutely. thin. A, a, a loss can drop you three or four spots. A win can jump you, you know, all the way up to basically eight, maybe seven if things fall right. Um, but uh, the, the the numbers are so, so close, so, uh, so razor tight uh, that, you know, we're not going to really know. Where ASU will fall in that pairwise um, until after that second week of the conference tournaments. Because even if ASU finishes the season, say, let's just split the difference. Say they finish ninth after the regular season. You would think that that would be good enough to survive everybody else's conference tournaments. But with these numbers as close as they are. And you could even go all the way down to 14, although uh, 13 is is a more reasonable number in this situation, just based on the numbers. It is it, you're it's going to be that that is the only thing that we learned about last year is ASU was what were they 11th or 12th last year in the, in the pairwise when the regular season so. ended? Yeah, I believe it was um, 11. If I'm correctly yeah. and then they bounced all over the place during that opening weekend of the conference tournaments boy did they and we were yeah they did and so and having not experienced it nobody had any idea how it was going to turn out then as the second and third week of the conference tournaments uh, came about and teams that bounced ahead of ASU during the first week of the tournaments, uh, lost games, they would drop back down behind ASU. So we kind of have a feel for it. Does that mean that's exactly the way it's going to work this year? Who knows? Um, it's likely, but it's not a guarantee. So ASU just needs to keep winning. They've got these two games this weekend, and uh, I they are must-wins, uh, just like the two games next week against Anchorage are. And... You know, and then you 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 roll the dice after that in Wisconsin, but there's yeah. there's no margin for error. No, absolutely, and like I said, all they can do is win because they can't control anything with the conference tournament or anything beyond that point. So, it's going to be five weeks of nail biting from the time that they finish up in uh, Madison, Wisconsin, and the time that they hear where they're going to be playing uh, if they get into the NCAA tournament. If they get in. Yeah. Uh, and here's the interesting part, Ball. Last year they finished with 21 wins, right? They're at 18 mm-hmm. right now with uh, six to go. So right. uh, they could end up with anywhere from 22, 23, 24 wins 
be better than last year and still not be 100% sure that they're in the tournament. So, I mean, it's uh, it's really a crapshoot. I was going to ask you, and I kind of throw this at you without giving you any research, but I kind of just thumbnailed through some of the, uh, <laughs> the teams, right? And I'm looking at yeah. the NCHC right now, and I'm going right. to tell you that it, it appears there's going to be three teams from the NCHC getting into the tournament. It's going to be uh, North Dakota, it's going to be Minnesota Duluth, and it's going to be Denver. I don't see, looking at their schedules and looking at their positioning right now, I don't see how any of those teams are going to fall. I really don't. But that no. being said, and when I look at it, here's the overall records as we speak of those three teams. North Dakota, 21-3-3. They're a lock. They're a top four no matter what happens. They're, they're not going to fall out of a top four spot. Minnesota Duluth is only 15-9-2. So, you know, they, they've got a ways to go. I think if they run the table, they can only get to 23 wins. Uh, right. Denver, 17-6-5. They run the table. They think they can get to 23 or 25, one of the two. So, you know, oh. when I look at these teams, and then, and then when you jump over to the WCHA, for example, Minnesota State is clearly the the team there, 24-4-2. Right. and two. Uh, right. Is there another team coming out of there? Does Bemidji State get hot? Does Northern get hot? Um, um, well, Bemidji State's close enough where they, if they did get hot, you know, they're at 19, where if they did get hot and, say, got to the conference finals, uh, that they, they, they might make a, a, a legit run at a tournament position. So uh, you can't count them out. Um, this has been a big rebound year for the for Hockey East. Um, they've been down a little bit the last few years, but Boston College in the top five, and you have UMass in the top ten, Northeastern in the top ten, Providence right now on the edge at 13, and the hottest team in college hockey right now is probably Maine. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, when I look at Hockey East, I go – yeah, you know Boston College sixteen seven and one, and then Massachusetts sixteen nine and two, but then Boston University ten eight and seven, and that's a team that could sneak up on somebody and win the sure. whole Hockey East and steal a spot. Absolutely, you, no question. Then you look about at it. Providence, and, and don't I forget about Lowell. Yeah, well, I saw Providence play uh, in person mm-hmm. in Vegas over the holidays, and they were absolutely unstoppable with Jack Dugan, probably the Hobie Baker award winner. Sorry, guys, but he's uh, he's pretty much running away with it at the moment. Um, mm. And then you look at, at Lowell, and then you look at Northeastern. I mean, who would have predicted that Northeastern was going to play Boston U for the Beanpot Championship? <laughs> well, I, 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 that's, that's, listen, those, those games are all rivalry games, and that tournament is a big deal. And so you're, you know, but, you're not going to just walk in there and walk away. But let me throw this at you. Here's Monday's schedule: number twenty-three Harvard, at right. number four Boston College, and that to me right. that's a toss-up. It could go either way. And then Good, you look at the championship game: Northeastern number nine and Boston University uh, number twenty-four, and that could go either way. So I mean, you're talking the difference between. One team in the twenties and the other team in single digits, and there's no clear-cut favorite in either one of them. No, there's not. And you're you might see the this could be the crazy year for conference tournaments because you look at the Big Ten and that's once bad again. Bad news for ASU. It's bad isn't news it? for ASU. Yeah, 
I mean, so, in the Big Ten, you have uh, Ohio State at 11, Penn State at 12, uh, and then Minnesota at 18. Uh, this has not exactly been a banner year for the Big Ten. But once again, those margins for error, especially uh, in the top 13, are so close and so small that, you know, say Ohio State and Penn State get to the conference finals of the Big Ten championship again this year like they did last year, uh, that could put both of those teams in. So who knows? Yeah, well, my point being on this whole uh, little tangent that I ran off on you on was let's, <laughs> let's be hypothetical here. Let's, uh, I know you hate this, but I'm going to do it anyway. Uh, let's say that, that ASU runs the table. Let's say they get six more wins. They have 24-9-3. There's not going to be a lot of teams that are going to have a better record than 24 wins. Right. Well, listen. I mean, listen. Look look at the Big Ten. Hold on a minute. Hear me out on this. The Big Ten, for example, Ohio State's got sixteen. Penn State Mm -hmm. has seventeen. Michigan State's got thirteen. So I mean, Minnesota twelve. Notre Dame twelve. I mean, how are you going to be able to take one of those teams in over a twenty-four win Arizona State team? You're not going to be able to. Okay. All right. Listen. I I I'll go out on this limb. ASU uh-huh. goes six for six in these last six games. They're in. Yeah, well, that's why I have that's what's called a magic number. <laughs> one, right? It's one? <laughs> it's six, my friend. <laughs> six? Yeah. Well, I don't know what you're talking about because you can only play yeah. one game at a time. It's Holy Cross. Yeah. That's next, and that's uh, and that's that. So Anyway, my, my whole point of that little tangent I ran off on was just to say that that a 24-win team is is going to get in the tournament. It's just that it's not going to be known for about four or five weeks. So we're going to be doing shows for four, four and a half weeks going, uh, are they in, are they out, are they in, are they out? All right. Well, Enough of like that. I said, get... I'm going to go out on that big limb and say if they win six, they're in. Not All because right. I want to agree with you. It's just yeah, you they're do. at 10 yeah. now, and they're yeah. not going to drop. I, you know, when, when we could see each other on uh, on the way we did it before with Skype, I could see that you had that magic number posted in the back on your, in yeah. your room there in your office. It's, it's still there. It still says one. Oh, does it? Okay. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so anyway, you know. we got that all out. Here's, here's my bold prediction, and I've been saying this for a couple of weeks, and I think it's going to happen uh, this weekend, next weekend, one of the two weekends, but Johnny Walker is waiting to explode. Um, he he's so close. Uh, he he's had a lot of shots, a lot of opportunities. He's hit pipes. He's hit crossbars. He's missed by inches. Goaltenders have made ridiculous saves. Uh, you know so he you did get at, two on Saturday. Yeah, <laughs> and it was the quietest did, two goals you're gonna he, wonder about, right? He, well, who cares? He still got him. I mean, so. I understand. But what I'm saying is, it's crazy how he can he can get two goals and and be still not talked about. I mean, I look at the uh, at the goal-scoring guys right now, and he's, his name is nowhere to be found. Um, it's just crazy. But it's okay. Anyway. I, don't th- I don't think, listen, you, you ask any of these, they, they want to win. Yeah. Oh, Who, no nobody, doubt. They, they no want to win. You know, this is not about, this is, this is not about, uh, um, um, who scores and who doesn't? This is about W's. Uh, right. They might think but, about they might think about the goals at the end of the season, 
But right now, at this point, they only care about one thing, and that's W's. You know, and what I like to like to say all the time, too, though, is especially because ASU is such a young program, it doesn't hurt to have three Hobie Baker nominees. Are any of them going to win it? Probably not. But it gets your program talked about. It's the same sure thing about does. Coach Powers, I say all the time, is that, you know, uh, Coach Powers is one of the very best coaches already in college hockey. The way he handles things, um, I, I think... You know, go go talk to other coaches and ask them what it's like to have to dismiss two really good players in the middle of the season and hardly miss a beat. And you just kept on rolling with that. And, and then ask them what it's like to travel across country. I mean, I asked Coach Field that uh, the other day when I had him on. I said, what's, what's it like going back and forth? Is that difficult? And he said, no, not really. He didn't think it was that difficult to go back and forth. Uh, or Or maybe that the guys just gotten used to it. But... How do you get used to flying across the country every other week? <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I Personally, I hate it. So uh, I can't sit here and, and, and tell you that uh, how I would know how you get used to it. Um, it would take a lot of uh, mind-numbing and a lot of uh, maybe overnight flights where I could go to sleep because I'd be tired. I don't know. Uh, but I hate flying, so yeah, that's I why I'm, that's why I'm glad I can drive to Massachusetts this weekend. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna say. That's gonna be my next topic. Is you're gonna be going up there to to watch a little uh, Sun Devil hockey in person, and we're gonna try to sneak some stuff in uh, either on our social media feed or uh, uh, Facebook or the website. We haven't discussed for sure where we're gonna go on that, but we'll let you know later this week as far as what we're gonna have. But could be on here too. Hopefully it's not going to be freezing cold for you, Paul, because we, I remember I just looked a year ago. I got a, uh, a reminder on Facebook of that, that video that you shot outside of the, the uh, sports bar in Boston. Oh, God. <laughs> it was miserably cold, wasn't it? It was. It, it was not fun. It was not fun at all. I mean, it was fun, but being out in the cold was not fun. Uh, What's you know, the weather forecast? Have you heard yet so far for this weekend? or? Uh, I haven't looked, and I'm not sure I want to look. Uh, so, well, I'll tell you, maybe I, I'll, I felt you. I felt your pain this morning. It was a feels like temperature of 28 here. So, yeah, my heart bleeds. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Good job, Minnesota so, guy. <laughs> so where do we go? Where do we go from here? Let's talk just a little bit more before we wrap things up uh, about. Um, some of the guys on this team that are making an impact, uh, I'm going to send you a copy. It's not out yet, but a uh, graphic that uh, Zach Bondran, our great photographer, did for us uh, regarding the seniors. There's five seniors on this roster. Um, very tight-knit group. I mean, Brett Gruber was one of my guests, like I said, this week, and he talked about just how tight this group was on and off the ice, and he gives a lot of credit to their success on the ice for how close they are off the ice. So uh, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. And then next week we'll be talking a lot about seniors with them uh, playing their last home games and uh, what that means. Yeah, I uh, listening to your interview with Brett Gruber, I know it – I think I saw it on – is it on the website? I, know, I think I, you put it out yeah, on the YouTube on the website, channel. Yep. Yeah, YouTube and um, website both right now. Yeah. You know, you kind of heard it in his voice when he's like, 
You know, I really haven't started thinking about the fact that next week is our last home games as seniors. And he really didn't want to think about it. And I get that. I, I, I totally do get it. Uh, I remember many, 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 many moons ago um, when I was finishing up as an undergrad at ASU. And I was doing those last sports broadcasts, uh, both as uh, sports news and doing games. And it was definitely a very melancholy feeling. Uh, you know, I was excited about what was going to happen or hopefully had happened in the future. But at the same time, I'm not going to lie, I didn't want the ASU days to end. Uh, I tried. I really did try to stay. But they they told me I had to leave as much as I didn't want to. Well, that's kind of going to be the way with this group of seniors, too. Coach Powers uh, knows how much they mean. He said he said that as much in the five-minute powers play. He said the, uh, the guys, uh, the seniors every year will always be missed. But uh, I made him just at least blurt out a little bit about what he thinks of the future. And he's really, really excited about the recruiting class he has coming in. And I'll tell you where I think the biggest change is going to be. I don't think anybody thought James Sanchez and Willie Neerham were going to become the players and the leaders that they are. I think they thought they were getting a couple of pretty solid hockey players with experience and age, but I don't think that anybody thought they were going to step up like they did and they have. Uh, And if they carry over and continue to grow, that is going to mean some huge benefit next season for the Arizona State Sun Devils? Well, I mean, look at it. James Sanchez has become an assist machine. He's got 24. Uh, And I'm sure if you looked at the 17 goals that Johnny Walker has, he would have an assist on most of those. Um, And if you look at uh, Willie Neerham, he's got 14. He's not that far behind Johnny Walker. No. So he's not. I mean – uh, Johnny, don't look behind you because somebody's coming, and yeah. uh, he might catch you. So, um, I'm just saying. Yeah, but what I'm saying is you're going to lose a good group of seniors, but yeah, think of next year. Think of this junior class. You're going to have Walker, Neerham, Sanchez right up front, along with uh, Dominic Garcia and uh, Jacob Wilson. I mean, there's a really good group of juniors that are going to step up in the leadership role. And I think, you know, watching Johnny Walker with the A on uh, on the jersey while Jacob is out is uh, I saw some different things from Johnny. I saw some even more leadership than he's ex- he's expounded on uh, from the beginning of the year. So, you know, kudos to him for taking that, that reign and running with it. Well, you know, and let's not forget uh, Jordan Sandu and PJ Morocco were just sophomores. Yeah. They're um, going to be huge factors next year. And then if this, this recruiting class, which we can't really dive into at this point, but if this recruiting class... And I don't want class, to, only because we need to save something for June, July, and August. Yeah, but if this recruiting class is as good on paper as everybody's talking about, if they're as good on the ice as they are on paper, I should say, it's going to be a really, really exciting next year. And we'll put yeah. that to bed right now. But let's uh, let's wrap things up by talking a little bit about what's uh, what lies ahead. Like I said, we did mention the uh, weekend series in Massachusetts. You're going to be up there for it. Then right. they're going to come home. They're going to play their senior 
weekend, their last homestand against Alaska Anchorage, mm-hmm. who, by the way, has given Minnesota State fits. Yeah, I was watching. <laughs> I was watching some of that game after the ASU game ended on Saturday night. Um, yeah, there's no doubt that Minnesota State was the better team, but kudos for uh, Anchorage for staying in those games, getting that uh, Saturday night game to double overtime. Uh, kudos for them because they gave Minnesota State all they could handle. So, and that's a four-win team, Paul. That's four, six, yeah, no. and six on that. I, I understand. That, that and makes ASU better. And, and and ASU better understand that too when they uh, come down to Tempe next weekend. Um, once again, coach, you can't take anybody for granted because they will come up and bite you in the hiney. Uh, I refer you back to opening night. And, you know, enough said there. So, Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this kind of wraps up the uh, the first session. Um, I promise you we will have some guests coming on in the future. We will also be back to our Tuesday nights and posting everything up right away. Um, some new things coming in and out. One of the new things I do want to talk about is uh, one of our newest uh, corporate partners coming on board with us, which is Roger yeah, Klein's Mexican I- Moonshine Tequila. Uh, yeah, Roger well, Klein, you know, Roger Klein and the Peacemakers. Yep. Uh, I'd like to take a glass and uh, raise it to Vermont coach uh, Kevin Snedden, who's been a coach for 30 years in the NCAA and uh, is retiring at the end of the season. And you could take that Roger Klein's Mexican moonshine tequila and make perfectly blended cocktails, including uh, that world famous margarita. Uh, you know, take it, celebrate with friends for an overtime goal winner, or if you're relaxing by the pool for the day, uh, go get yourself a bottle of Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Tequila, whether you're in Arizona or anywhere else in the U.S., uh, by visiting MexicanMoonshine.com for Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Tequila, award-winning since 2011. How do you like that? I love it, and we can tack on to that <laughs> way that you can actually get Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Tequila at ASU. So next weekend, when you're celebrating the seniors, go out and get yourself some uh, Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Tequila. Uh, I'm going to let a little cat out of the bag. You know this, but I don't know how many people out there know that there is a brand name change coming up down the road, so stay tuned for that. We want to help them uh, get that new uh, rebranding going. Um, as far as the packaging and, and a new name, I understand. But again, thanks to everybody over at, uh, at Roger Klein's Mexican Moonshine Tequila for jumping on board with us. If you want to try us out, and I always suggest, if you don't want to jump on board for the full year, there are varied times where you can jump on board. Right now we're running a promotion called Tournament Time, where you can join us for February, March, April, and May and get your brand put out there with the ACHA Tournament coming up the NCAA tournament coming up, the AHL professional uh, minor league hockey tournament, and the the playoffs for the NHL, I should say playoffs for AHL and NHL. Um, So it's a great way to jump on board. Very, very affordable. Just uh, reach out to me at ithswsales at gmail.com. Text me, 480-204-7612, or if you want to use the old-fashioned phone, call me at 480-204. 204-7612, and we'll get you hooked up. Take advantage, of the folks, of the of the four. This is by far the most popular time of the year for hockey as we get yep. into playoff and tournament time. So join us on that. Paul, you want to run through the uh, the regular well, yeah, you could, that we have listen, already? You could, 
You could join Sprint. Yeah, a brighter future for all. The best phones on the best network. Uh, our buddies over at College Bar and Grill. You can check out their new location at 740 South Mill Avenue in Tempe. Uh, behind the Mask. Our friends over there serving the Valley Hockey community since 1994. By OxyPal. Our chemical-free line of cleaning products. Getting the funk out of everything in your office and your equipment. By M-Drive. Energy, stamina, and recovery. The Ice Den Scottsdale. You practice home of the Arizona Coyotes. Uh, also have a location in Chandler. And so you can join those people who have been smart enough to join us already and uh, get your brand out there. Uh, we have one more, certainly uh, not least, but Oceanside Ice Arena. Uh, oh, they yeah. have well, the new... Uh, New stuff coming in. I, I saw today on Twitter that there's some new hats coming in for uh, Sun Devil Hockey, so don't forget about the home of Sun Devil Hockey. And the big shout-out mm-hmm. to, to Adam and the guys for always giving us beautiful Studio 3 uh, to uh, right. do our work in. Uh, i got to throw you a little behind-the-scenes thing. Uh, one of the other media representatives came in <laughs> into my beautiful Studio 3 and said, so this is where all the magic happens. I said, yeah, something yeah. like that. This is where it happens. All right, enough said for the evening. Thank you for joining us on College Hockey Southwest Weekly. Tune in again next week for the live broadcast, which will be 7.30 Tuesday night, Mountain Standard Time. And then also uh, check out the website, IcetimeHockeySW.com. Check out all of our social media sites at IcetimeSW. And uh, get on the the podcast and and join us next week as we'll, uh, promise, have a guest with us as well. So for Paul Hornstein out in Long Island, New York, and uh, Scott Strandy here in Scottsdale, Arizona, so long for now. Have a good night, everybody.